Welcome back to Fringe Spirit, not your love and light podcast with yours truly, Trisha. And today we're going to talk about energetic hygiene. It is something I am extremely passionate about for many reasons, but specifically because I have experienced all of this. As with all of the other content that I share throughout these podcasts, this is stuff that I have either channeled, have had one-on-one experiences with, usually a combination of both. So I I understand it and I, I see how things go wrong when people are not taking care of their energetic hygiene. I've, I've learned it from the people that I've worked with who are not on top of their energetic hygiene. And I myself, as someone who works with people one-on-one and in group settings, it is very important that I am on top of my own energetic hygiene. So it is very important for A, everybody, but especially those who connect with other people's energy in any capacity, those who do readings, those who do healing work, anything like that. It is super important. Also for empaths, because again, while this affects everybody, the way it affects you and how strongly it affects you, it tends to be stronger the more sensitive to energies you are, the more empathic and the more sensitive you are. So if you're an empath and you're feeling super drained all the time and very confused as far as is this my energy or is this somebody else's, this is very, very, very important for you. Okay, so we're going to talk about what is energetic hygiene why it's so important to be on top of your energetic hygiene, ways that we can prevent our, our, our energetic hygiene from deteriorating quickly, right? Work smarter, not harder. And then tools, tips, tricks, and ways to move the energy yourself without having to pay money to go to somebody else. This is all stuff that you can do yourself. So let's get into it. Okay, so what is energetic hygiene? Energetic hygiene, in my definition, from my perspective, is basically the health of our energy body, right? It, just like our physical body and our emotional selves, like we do all of this work to take care of those areas, but we need to do the same for our energy body. So unfortunately, it's harder to see and pick up on these things where, you know, when you're physically dirty, you know, hey, like I need to go wash myself, right? I, I know I need to go brush my teeth because my mouth feels gross in the morning and my breath stinks, right? Our energy, because we're not taught about this from an early age and it's not ingrained into our daily routines, A, it's hard to incorporate something new into our routines, but B, if we're unaware of the energies around us that we can't always see with our eyes, it's, it's harder to understand the depth in which energies affect us, but it is so important. So there's a lot of different things that are included in the umbrella for energetic hygiene. Things like grounding, right? So grounding is super, super important because we are here in this physical incarnation, in this physical body, this biological body on this physical planet, and our energetic bodies, our etheric bodies, we need to be grounded into this incarnation. Otherwise, we could just be floating away. And if we are very out of body often, 
which a lot of us are. I know a lot of people think things like out-of-body experiences or astral travel, uh, things like that are like super woo and super niche and super rare. But it's not. It's very, very, very common to be out-of-body. I guarantee you, you 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 have been out of body many times before and you may even be out of body right now i know for me personally it has been a big struggle in my life and being out of body tends to overlap with things like trauma because it becomes a very easy go-to coping mechanism when you're going through any sort of trauma right if you're if you're uncomfortable or you're disliking what is happening in your physical reality What's better, you know, better in your mind, right? Uh, or subconscious to just pop out of it and escape it, right? It's escapism in, in a lot of ways. So if that is a coping mechanism, again, you know, that's something we have to heal. But overall, it's being in our bodies, complete embodiment of our physical, right? Instead of having a disconnect between our etheric body and our physical body, but then also grounding and anchoring into this incarnation. We are here in this incarnation for a reason. We are here to have experiences, learn lessons, et cetera, et cetera. We cannot do that if we're not even here. And if you're not grounded, you're going to end up with a plethora of physical issues, emotional issues. Your energetic body is going to be pretty out of whack because you're not super present in your physical. And so we need to do a lot of grounding. It can be you taking a shower, taking a bath, right? In an ideal world, you would go outside and you would connect with Mother Gaia. You'd go for a hike. You'd hug a tree. You'd be barefoot all the time outside in the dirt, in the, in the grass, in the ocean, in a lake, in a river, right? It's connecting with the world around you. If, if all of the material stuff went away, what's left? Go connect with that stuff, right? That's how you stay really, really grounded. And you can also do some visualization techniques as well, such as, you know, visualizing the roots growing out of your feet or a grounding cord coming out of your root chakra and anchoring right into the very center of Mother Gaia. So grounding is extremely important. That's, that's a component of our energetic hygiene. Working through cords, more so your daily cords. So I'm going to try and steer away from getting into the depth of, say, shadow work and healing work, because that not only is that a complete separate episode, it's honestly a, a totally separate podcast. It, we could, I could go on for hours and hours and hours, and but that's not what this is about. Although there is some overlap between the healing work, the inner work, the shadow work, and our energetic hygiene. That is not the focus here. So when I'm talking cords, I'm not talking your negative cords, the deep-rooted cords. I'm talking your everyday cords. So cords are these energetic connections that we make with other individuals. And there's different categories and different strengths, maybe, I guess you'd say. Different types of cords. The ones that are really important to just your day-to-day -day energetic hygiene are what I would call your everyday cords. They're, they're not super potent. However, they add up. So perfect example of this is say you go to the grocery store, convenience store, Target, wherever. You go somewhere, you have a brief interaction with the cashier. The cashier is, you know, not in a good space. Something happened. You have no idea. She's not telling you. But what you don't know is perhaps her partner is ill. 
passed away. Maybe she just got a bad diagnosis. Maybe, you know, she's she got fired from her other job or, you know, had another loss. Something bad happened and she is in a very low, low vibrational, highly emotional place. We've all been there, right? We've all had those days. We've all had those weeks. We've all had those months. And but you have this brief interaction with this cashier and then you find, you know, you're out in the parking lot, you're loading your groceries into your car and it's like all of a sudden you feel like your mood shifts and all of a sudden you're feeling really low. You're feeling very sad. Maybe you even want to just burst out into tears, right? You're either way, whatever it is, your mood shifts and how sensitive you are to that depends on the person and how aware you are of your own body and your own emotions and your own kind of um, neutrality ground. But you're, you, you don't know where it comes from, right? And what happens is because of this interaction with this cashier, you created this cord. It is not a super thick uh, cord uh, transferring energy, but it's an energetic connection just by having that interaction. And so now there's that cord with that person and now you're feeling some of their crap. So think about how many people in a day you have even a brief interaction with. Now think about the state, the mental state, the place in their lives that all these people are at. Some of them you don't know because, again, they're the cashier at the grocery store. But maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's your friends who are going through a tough time. Maybe it's, you know, some toxic family members. If vibrationally, if you're, you know, here, for example, mid-level even, and you're, you know, interacting with people that are lower on the vibrational scale, so to speak, as you, and you're creating all these energetic cords, A, you're going to be feeling all of their energy, but if, and, but it's also, it's going to drag you down. So our, these daily energetic cords, that releasing those every day, that is a component of our energetic hygiene. These are the things we don't think about, we don't see, and we don't recognize, but they have such an important impact on our energetic health. Chakra clearing, cleansing, whatever term you want to put on it, right? So we've all, you know, we we know about things like Reiki, most of us, but there's limitless ways that you can clear out your chakras, your energy centers, right? And whatever way you choose, and we can get into some later on, maybe some of the methods that I use, keeping your chakras, aka your energy centers, clear is so important because, again, there's such an overlap between our energetic health and our physical health. So if our energetic health is not good, our physical health is also going to be affected. And we know that a a lot of us, if we do any work with our chakras, you know, we know that if we are lacking confidence and empowerment, it's in our solar plexus and we probably have gut issues, right? Or GI issues. And and it's very easy to see that overlap if you really pay attention. So we need to make sure our chakras are regularly cleared out. Um, things like hooks. Um, that's another thing. It's kind of, you know, similar to cords. Hooks are kind of when you have that feeling of attachment or need for someone that you view almost as higher than you or has something or an ability that you don't have, where you feel that basically disempowerment within yourself and you feel like you need them. So these, you know, people who quote unquote hook you, right? They plant, you know, place these hooks in you. 
90% of them are not doing it intentionally. They're, it's their own reasons, right? Whether it's because they have a business and they need to have their business run, so they need clients, things like that. But it's usually not intentional. It's usually not someone like out to get you. But often it can be from your healer, right? If you have a healer that you go to regularly and you have that feeling towards them of, I could never heal myself. I need my healer. I rely on them. I need them. I'm attached to them. Maybe it's your healer. Maybe it's your chiropractor. Maybe it's your acupuncturist. Maybe it's a teacher or a guru or, you know, something like that. Anytime that you kind of feel that attachment towards someone and that like, I need them kind of feeling and relying on them, there's there's a chance that there might be a hook from them to you. And you need to remove that because again, that's just, I mean, disempowerment to to its extreme, right? So uh, clearing out hooks, checking for those things. Things like um, just stagnant energy, right? Everywhere we go, there's energy. Every item around us has energy. This remote has energy. My phone, lots of energy, right? There's every item, every human, every living being that we can see has energy attached to it. Not only that, there's all the things that we cannot see that has energy attached to it. So wherever you go, you're, there, there's energy and it can just stick to you for a variety of different reasons. And, you know, even think think like when you go into like a hospital, right? Think of how much energy and baggage is floating around a place like that. Or there was a time I went into an antique store it was the most intense experience of my life. And it was, or or I guess, um, a very eye-opening experience, I should say. Because I, totally fine, walked into it, spent maybe 20 minutes in this beautiful antique store. Um, it was all stuff from um, from e- the East. It's very old, uh, very, um, what's the word? <sighs> Has very spiritual connections, religious and spiritual connections to these items that are very, very ancient, right? And I walked out of this this store with a pounding headache. I could barely see straight. My head felt like it was going to explode. And because there was energies and spirits attached to all of these items, and then they clung to me. So that's another one. It's like, you know, your stagnant energy from spaces like that. But also, I call them like spirit clingers, <laughs> for lack of a better word. You know, there's spirits everywhere and they can, kind of, you know, sense when there's someone around that can pick up on their presence and open a portal for them and just help them out. And they'll cling to you. And again, it just, it bogs you down. The more stuff clung to you, the more bogged down you're going to feel. The harder it's going to be to even, you know, recognize what's yours and what's not yours. And it's going to affect you physically as well. Another thing is energetic portals, connections, or doors, whatever you want to call it between you and another person. So what I mean is anytime that you connect with someone energetically. So whether you're on the receiving or giving end of it, it's doing a psychic reading, pulling cards, doing healing work, uh, any anything like that, any sort of energetic connection. So think, you know, if you're if you've ever been online and, you know, in a big group setting said, hey, who can pick up on my energy or hey, who can give me a reading? And you're opening yourself up for anyone and everyone to connect with you. That's, in my opinion, not the the 
best idea because now you have all these energetic connections. And if you are not aware to close off those connections and those people are not, do not have a good process to close off the energetic connection, that energetic connection is going to stay open. And so that means it's almost like a portal between your energy and someone else's energy. And so anything attached to them or hanging out over there can transfer over to you. So it is very, 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 very important. And I cannot stress it enough that when we connect with other people energetically, and especially if you're a practitioner, you, you there has to be a process. You have to trust that person that they are cleansing themselves and clearing themselves. Because as soon as that energetic connection is made, anything can transfer either way. And I've seen it dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of times, something from this person goes to this person and then to this person and then to this person because they all have really poor energetic hygiene. So it's these, you know, portals, connections, doors, whatever term you want to use. I'm sure there's probably a million other terms people use for it, but you need to make sure that those are closed off, that nobody has access to your energy without your permission. And when your permission is no longer, when you know when the moment is over, that that is closed off, right? Very, very important. Um, other, other components of our energetic hygiene is our aura. So our aura, you know, there's layers to our aura, right? Our aura is the energy field that surrounds your physical body. And there's different layers and they all have kind of different components. And I'm not going to get into all of the details on that. However, clearing things out of the aura and healing any holes or disruptions in the aura very important to your energetic hygiene. What happens is if you have holes in your aura, it makes it easier for outside energies to get in. So it's almost like, um, it's kind of like your armor, right? Uh, you know, how much more vulnerable are you? So say you're going to battle, say you're like back in the day and you go into battle, uh, who's going to have a better chance of coming out alive, right? The guy with full armor or the guy with none or the guy with like janky armor or just a couple pieces of armor, right? So it's it's kind of like your your energetic armor in a way. So you have to keep up on your aura, you have to, um, another component, your fractals. So we fractalize all the time and you want to just make sure you're not leaving pieces of yourself other places. You kind of want to call those things back because that's not good for you uh, energetically either. A big thing, so then I'm not going to get into detail on this one either. All of these subjects could be their own podcast episode, honestly, but entanglement. So you know how everyone says, like, we're all connected, blah, blah, blah. Everything's connected and interwoven and interconnected and all those things. And it's true. Everything is connected. It's almost like we're in this big spider web, right? And everything is based on vibrational frequency. So if you're in the spider web and you're entangled with everything around you, obviously those that are closer to you or would be closer in this web, quote unquote, to you. But as soon as someone in this web has an emotion, a feeling, uh, something that vibrationally matches you, it almost creates a magnetism and it sends it like it 
it, it's magnetic to you and you can receive it. So you, not only is it cords between people you had interactions with, but it could be very, um, you know, this is a lot of being an empath is, you know, you're picking up on energies from other people that you don't know, right? The collective, the, you know, nature spirits, right? You, you know, all these different things. So we have to realize how entangled we all are and if we if you could see the entanglement for what it is and you would realize how much stuff is kind of coming at you you know you would realize how important it is to clear that stuff off of you every day so you know where where do all of these energies come from and i gave a lot of examples but it's it's everywhere again it's the items around you it's the places you go it's the people you connect with it's the toxic people that you allow to have in your life you know it's spirits it's entities it's all the things around us that we can and cannot see and it, it's everywhere so the source, it's, it, you can't, you can't really avoid it. You can avoid some of it. And we'll get into that when we talk about some preventative measures. But it's, it, honestly, it's everywhere. And, you know, it is really difficult to fully prevent it. However, the more we can upkeep our energetic hygiene, the easier it will be to stay clear of these things and to not be bogged down and to not be run down by it all. Okay, so why do we need to do this, right? You know, I talked about what the things that we are doing, right? We're dealing with cords and hooks and chakras and aura and all those things. But why? Yes, because it bogs us down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But why do we need to do it on the regular? Why can't it just be a one and done, right? Why can't I go to my, my Reiki healer and I'm good for life? Well, we take care of our physical body, right? We eat healthy, nutritious foods. We take the vitamins and supplements that we need to boost our health. We take a shower and clean our physical body, our skin, our hair. We wash our hair. We, you know, clip our nails. You know, we, we take care of our physical. We sleep good, right? That's part of our physical. We, we prioritize our, our good quality sleep. We exercise, right? All these things. You can't shower once. You can't go to the gym once. And now you're, you're good. You're strong and, and you're clean. No, you have to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. But what happens is, so imagine if you, so maybe you take a shower every day, right? Every day that you take that shower, you really weren't all that dirty from that one day. But if you didn't take a shower for a month, how dirty would you be? How much more difficult would it be to get all the dirt off of you? Same thing with the gym. You go to the gym every day and it's not that bad, right? You get used to it. You've got the muscle memory and your body is in a good place and you're just maintaining it, right? Versus I haven't gone to the gym in a year. Now, you know, I've got a couple extra pounds I'm trying to, to shave off. I want to get stronger. I want to feel good in my physical body. But it hurts at the beginning. It's hard at the beginning to get into it. So it's it's about creating the maintenance routine versus waiting until I'm so dirty and I'm so out of shape and I feel like complete and utter crap. I haven't slept well in a year. You know, I'm hitting rock bottom because I haven't been doing those things. 
versus doing them on the regular to keep yourself in a good place. It's maintenance, right? And so we, we do all those things for our physical, right? We do them for our mental and emotional, right? We take time for ourselves and we do our self-care, right? Whether it's take a bath or go spend time with friends or go for a hike, like whatever your outlet is. Or, you know, we go to therapy, we journal, you know, we take care of our emotional and mental health in those ways. So we have to do the same for our energetic body, right? It only makes sense. And if anything, it's more important because it's harder to see, right? You can tell when you're real dirty and you need to go take a shower or you smell or your hair is greasy or, you know, you're feeling real out of shape. You got winded going up a flight of stairs. <laughs> so it's it's easier to recognize those things. It's harder to recognize the energetic, which means you just got to you just got to do it. And it has an overlap on all of those things. So that's what's beautiful is all three of these things, right? The the you know or four really, mental, emotional, physical and energetic, they all overlap and they all help each other, right? When you go to the gym and you exercise, you are taking care of your physical body. You're taking care of your mental and emotional body, right? Like who who's ever gone to the gym and worked out and got a really good workout and you're like, I if I have this natural high, I feel so good. I, you know, I was really feeling ragey and really wanted to punch someone before I went to the gym, but now I feel great because I got everything out. So it helps your physical, it helps your mental and emotional, but it, and it also helps your energetic uh, exercise. Any sort of moving of your body is clearing energy out. And that's also why it's helping your mental and your emotional. So so a lot of these things, you know, if you're very intentional about it as well, it, you know, you can, you know, multiple birds, one stone, right? Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> okay, so again, we we need to create this maintenance routine. And again, why? Because we're going to we're going to be low vibrational because all this low vibrational stuff is just piled on top of us and weighing us down and weighing us down and it then becomes very d- difficult like i said before to discern is this emotion mine or is it the cashier that i met earlier today you know is this physical pain mine or is it my brothers who just had an injury right if, if we're not clearing all of this stuff out, clearing off these energetic connections, finding our own baseline and having a healthy baseline, it can be nearly impossible to recognize what's mine, what's not mine, which is why empaths, especially empaths, sensitive people, whatever word you want to use. I mean, I'm not a big word. I'm not a big Uh, identifier type person. But if you're sensitive to other energies, right, an empath, a sensitive, they pick up on uh, different types of energies, right? You may pick up on the emotions of another person. You may pick up on the physical ailments of another person, right? You know, maybe your your best friend is pregnant and you're feeling the morning sickness, right? Uh, may, uh, you know, things like that. You know, someone, you know, you have a friend, they broke their leg and your leg is throbbing. Or you have a friend and they just, you know, broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend and they're, you know, having a really hard time and you find yourself having a hard time not crying for no reason, right? Because you're feeling what they're feeling. Some some empathic or sensitive people feel the energies of Mother Gaia, of the elements, of the elementals, of the environment, of the collective of humanity. It may not be individuals. It could be everybody. So understanding where our baseline is. If you don't know your baseline, 
if you don't know you, <laughs> you can't know other people. So empaths really, really struggle when they have not done their healing. So again, this is not a podcast about shadow work. However, there is overlap because the more unhealed you are, a big part of shadow work, in my opinion, is learning who you are. Underneath all of the programming, underneath all of the trauma, underneath all of these like false senses of self that were created during childhood and these self-limiting beliefs and all these things, right? It's learning who we are. And if you have not done any of the healing work or inner work or shadow work, whatever term you want to put on it, it becomes very difficult to know what's yours and what's not. Because if you don't know you, how can you know if an energy around you is yours or not, right? It can make things very confusing and very, very difficult. Empaths are also just naturally just very open. So you're, the more open you are, the easier it is for those energies to come in and affect you, right? When you're having a conversation with a friend or a loved one and they are pouring their heart and soul onto you, right? They are getting it all out, right? Which is good for them. And it's fine for you as long as you have proper boundaries, right? If you don't, then you're absorbing all of that, right? So let's talk about some preventative measures. So we do want to remove and clear out all of these energies on the regular. But again, work smarter, not harder. So if you can prevent, you know, if, if say, you know, 100% of the energies that are affecting you today, if 50% of that could be prevented, that means there's only 50% that you then have to remedy on the daily. That sounds a lot better to me, right? Sounds quicker. That sounds easier. Sounds like I'm going to have more time in my day if I don't have to clear out all this other stuff, if I can just prevent it, right? So preventative, a lot of it really comes about back to boundaries, like I was talking about with the empath issue. And, you know, boundaries are, they. there's many different types of boundaries, right? You have your physical boundaries, who and what do you allow to be in your physical space to touch you physically? Hugs, right? Think, um, you know, when you were a kid or if you have kids, if, you know, your parent ever said, you know, go hug that person, but everything in you was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. Like it was a personal or a physical boundary for you to not want to, you know, physically touch and hug this person. But then you were forced to, right? And how gross did it feel when when it was not something you wanted to do, right? So physical boundaries. What do you allow in your space? What you allow in your home? What you allow around you? And what you allow to touch you? Who and what, right? Then we have our emotional boundaries, right? That comes back to the kind of dumping sesh with your friend we were just talking about. So it is up to you to determine how much you're going to let someone else's emotions into you, right? And you get to put the limit on, you know, typically if we're in a good space, it can be very easy to have those energetic boundaries placed uh, for these emotional situations, to keep the emotions out. If we are very solid in ourselves and we can have compassion, but if you have, there's a difference between having compassion 
and overly wanting to give yourself to help them because then it's almost to your detriment where you're like, I would do anything to help them. Then what's that going to do? If that is a subconscious belief or thought in your mind of I would do anything to help them. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying to not have compassion. But when you feel that way, you're opening yourself up because what's going to help them? Letting them get rid of all their shit. But where's it going to go? It's going to go to you, right? And then you're going to be bogged down. They're going to feel great, right? And then there's the emotional boundaries when you, you know, have kind of the toxic friends who are just dumping and dumping and they're just toxic about it, right? There's a difference between like someone venting or going through a hard time and that toxic woe is me bullshit of I'm just going to dump all of my shit on you and then walk away, right? So it's up to you. You get to decide what emotions get to be around you and get to be in your space and that you get to deal with. And also when you're in the space to deal with it, right? You get to say, I'm not in the space for this or I do not have the capacity for this. If you're having a bad day yourself, you are not someone that can hold space for someone else's emotions, right? It is very difficult to keep those proper boundaries up with your low also. So what emotions and when, right, that brings us to time, we choose to allow into our energy and into our space. Then you have time boundaries, right? You know, you get to choose what you do with your time. You get to choose, you know, do I have the capacity to do this right now? Do I want to do this right now? You know, you do. if you have a friend who's constantly asking for this and that and you're just a yes, yes, yes person and, and you don't know how to say no, right? That is a boundary that you need to recognize. Because the more that we are giving in and we are not holding up these boundaries, we're just taking on other people's shit left and right. So you get your time, you sexual boundaries as well, right? I mean, that's a big one because the energetic exchange uh, and connection through sexual interactions is very, very potent, way more potent than your conversation with the cashier at Target. So sexual boundaries as well. What do you want? When do you want it? Um, saying no, having consent, things like that. And material boundaries as well. And, you know, this is just overall for empaths, just in general. But your material boundaries, right? You can, you know, do let someone borrow your stuff, right? Think about like, you know, if you let, you know, a friend borrow your car every day because they don't have a car, but they're really low and then they give you your car back and now your car feels like crap. (laughs) So we have to have proper boundaries. And again, that will help us to determine like what's ours, right? If we're not, if we're placing up these boundaries to keep other people's stuff at bay when we choose it, it allows us to really learn us a lot easier. Okay. A big part of creating boundaries as well. If you, I guess I should say, if you feel like you have poor boundaries and you struggle with boundaries, honestly, the the only thing that can really properly heal that or remedy that is the healing work is learning why you have poor boundaries. Why are you a people pleaser? Why are you a yes person? You know, why do you want to help others more than you want to help yourself, right? Those are all, that's all shadow work. That is all shadow work. So if you are an empath that struggles with boundaries and you're drained left and right, yeah, you got to do the work. (laughs) And it sucks. It's not fun, but it is what it is, unfortunately. Okay, some tools tips and tricks to do your energetic maintenance and hygiene, right? You don't need to be this amazingly powerful healer. 
you are a healer. You have the ability to transmute energy, to move energy, to alchemize energy. Every single one of us does. You can do that. However, there's easier ways, you know, even if you choose to not step into your role and your abilities as a healer, there's still a lot of ways that you can work through your energetic hygiene. It's, it can be very simple. I've taught these things to my kids. My four-year-old and my seven-year-old do a lot of those things. And, you know, if you have kids, if you teach them these routines early on, they're going to be better off for it, right? My daughter, she, she doesn't even know what it's like to take a shower without cleansing her energy. To her, that's a part of the process. You clean your hair, you clean your body, you clean your energy, she doesn't know the difference. So now as an adult, she doesn't have to relearn this. It just is part of her daily life. So some some easy, good ways to do these things, right? Well, first, again, it's becoming more self-aware and starting to recognize when you're being affected, right? Because finding the sources of some of the bigger things that are affecting you energetically is it will help you to either remove those things from your life Find preventative uh, measures or, okay, I know that, you know, if I went and had dinner with my miserable, toxic mother, then I need to clean my clean and cleanse my energy afterwards, right? Or I need to go into it and, you know, have some good energetic boundaries set up so that her stuff doesn't affect me, right? If you can recognize the areas that are maybe unavoidable, right? Maybe it's your boss and, you know, things like that. So if you got to start to kind of recognize when and where you're being affected, and that way you can work with it a little bit more, right? Maybe you get a reading from this person uh, regularly. And every time you get a reading from them, you feel really low afterwards or you feel really drained or you just you feel something that doesn't feel good, right? If you can notice those patterns and you can kind of pinpoint like kind of where it's coming from or what it's associated with, it can be easy to, you know, again, back to preventative and then also uh, reactive, right? You know, I'm feeling this. I'm recognizing that I'm feeling this. Okay, I definitely need to do some work tonight. Okay, so recognizing and stuff like that. Creating a routine or a ritual. I'm not a big ritual person, but I do have some slight routines. I am a water person, so I do a lot of work in the shower. A lot of people love to do work with water. Water, just as an element, is very cleansing. And it is a great tool, physically being in it, as well as visualizing it, to cleanse and clear your energy. So find your routines, right? Find the times and spaces in your day that you can put, add these to your daily routine. Maybe it's when you're getting ready in the morning. Maybe it's while you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you're doing your hair, you're putting your makeup on, and you can just be affirming it, right? A lot of work can be done, it's now a side tangent, uh, through intention and affirmation. I choose to clear all, all, all energetic cords and connections that have been created today, right? I choose to clear out all stagnant energy that is stuck in my aura, right? You can just affirm those things. You can uh, use your intention and just speak it into reality, right? Add these things to your daily routine. Maybe while you're brushing your teeth, you are cleansing your body or, you know, you're visualizing, you know, maybe your toothbrush is like white light from source or, and, you know, as it's in your mouth, it's now spreading through your body or whatever. You get creative. Uh, but find ways to do it in your daily routine. Maybe on your drive to work, 
you're making the intention of cleansing and clearing your energy. Again, even if you know you don't have you don't want to do visualizations, which I do think are very powerful, just get in the shower and make your intention for your shower. I'm clearing out my energy, my energy centers, my aura. I'm clearing off everything that stuck to me from today. Clearing it all, right? Add that to your intention during your shower, right? Or maybe, you know, use water, right? People do moon water. People do sun water. Maybe you leave your water out in the sun with the intentions of charging it with cleansing, clearing energy or use the moon energy, right? Whatever you feel drawn to do. There's so many things you can do to create these routines and rituals. And it's easier to incorporate these things when you have a routine, right? Okay. So grounding, again, we talked about grounding and we talked about how important grounding is. You should do something grounding every day. I, I cannot express how potent it is because so here's the thing. When you have that connection with Mother Gaia, Mother Gaia herself can transmute energy, so if you're disconnected from Mother Gaia, you're you're disconnected from a source of transmuting of energy, right? You can literally send things to her to transmute. You can, you know, you had a rough day, you're exhausted. Maybe you don't even have the capacity to do a visualization technique or a meditation or do the energy work yourself. You just go stand outside in your yard barefoot, close your eyes, you know, visualize those roots growing out of your feet and they grow deeper and deeper until they're to the very center of Mother Gaia. And when you feel and see them in the very center of Mother Gaia and it's like the heart of Mother Gaia like scoops them up and creates that connection, you can feel her energy flow back up through those roots, back up through your body and transmute all of it. Or you can choose to send all of your stuff down those roots and down into the the core of the earth and let her transmute it. So grounding, A, it's good for all the reasons we talked about before, you know, embodiment, being in your body and all of that. But it allows you to, it's, it's a tool. It's another way we can transmute energy. We can give it to her, right? Pulling cords daily. We talked about cords. So that is super important. And it can be through intention. It can be through speaking it into reality. It can be through visualization. When I clear out my cords for the day. So first of all, I clear cords multiple times a day, especially if I say I go and do like a live on Facebook or I do something or a, a Zoom uh, event where there's a lot of eyes on me. And, you know, a lot of attention on me. I have to clear those all these cords when I'm done because that's a lot of energy, right? So you want to be pulling those cords every day. We want to cleanse our chakras every day. How do I cleanse and clear my chakras, you ask? Well, (laughs) there's a million ways. There's no right or wrong way. You can learn a structured modality like Reiki. You can learn any of these healing techniques Or you can kind of go the route that I've gone, which is I have asked and learned for uh, about, asked for, learned about my innate natural abilities and how I naturally do things. How do I naturally transmute energy? How do I uh, alchemize? How do I remove? How do I, you know, all these things? And I allow myself to be guided. 
So I allow my spirit guides, my higher self, you know, and, you know, sometimes Jesus. I've, I've had a lot of workings with Jesus and have learned a lot through working with Jesus. So sometimes you work with various deities or ascended masters to learn these different things. So, you know, you can get into a, a meditation or a meditative state and just ask, right? Close your eyes, take some deep breaths, try, you know, kind of just calm your energy and center yourself and just ask, you know, show me how to clear out my chakras, right? So I'll share um, one of my methods. And so I go through, so when we think about our chakras, right? Most of us know, you know, all of the chakras, I'm not going to get into all of them, but they're like these energy centers and they're like kind of like a 3D spinning um, kind of a ball, um, but they, you can kind of visualize them almost like a fan. So if you say, okay, I want to see my root chakra, right? And sometimes maybe you're not visual. Maybe you feel it and it feels heavy and gross and icky. Maybe you do visually see it and maybe it's dark instead of bright red. Maybe it's slow moving or not moving at all. And so we want to, we want it to be bright red and we want it to be moving in the right orientation at the right speed. And what's right well, ask your higher self. Show me what's right. Bring it to the place so that I know what it, show me what it looks like or show me what it feels like in an ideal world. And then it's how to get from here to here, right? And just let yourself be guided, right? So I use balls of energy. So I make sure that I'm connected from with source right in through my crown so that I have an energy source flowing into me so that I'm not kind of draining myself while I'm doing this, um, especially when I'm doing it on somebody else. And so I literally visualize a ball of white light in my hands. And then I visualize, so, so say it's the root chakra, right? I take that ball of white light and I place it inside the root chakra. And then it's almost like I go inside it and I look around and see what's there, what needs to come out, what needs to be pulled out. But a lot of times, just that ball of white light will clear things out yourself. Another method that I'll use is I kind of just, I'll go to the chakra that's got a lot of energy trapped inside of it, and I pull the energy out. And some people will use um, kind of like a vacuum, almost like you're taking like a vacuum hose and you're putting it right up to the chakra and you're just sucking that energy right out. And the energy you're sucking out will, you know, likely be either black or gray or whatever. It's probably going to be heavy. Maybe you encounter kind of like an oily substance. Sometimes that kind of stuff is in there. But so it's removing, you want to pull out the energy that's that's in there that shouldn't be in there. Um, I, I also use, um, I use like the visualization of a bottle and I'll take like the bottle and I'll bring it right up to the chakra and I suck the energy into the bottles and then I transmute the bottles because I don't want to just leave that energy. I want to transmute it and, and send it away. And, and then you want to heal what's inside. So then it's you're inside. You pull everything out that doesn't need to be in there. And then you go in and say, like, what needs to be healed in here, right? Where is this energy coming from? And this is where we kind of border from, you know, the shadow work side of it because you may encounter inner child energies in a chakra or things like that. But... It could just be energies from another person, right? If you did all of your shadow work, if you did, if you dealt with a lot of the root causes to why these energies end up in your chakras, 
then chances are you're just removing your day-to-day energy and it'll be pretty quick and pretty seamless and it won't it won't take you a lot. But again, think just like going to the gym. You know, the whole the whole process, right? You know, at the beginning it's really hard. Just like at the beginning of your healing journey, it's really really hard. And but once you get the swing of things and then you get to maintenance mode, right? So you did a lot of the the back end healing work. You did the inner child work. You did the past life work. You did all of the reprogramming, right? You addressed your triggers and all of that. And now you're in maintenance mode, right? That's when, you know, you've been going to the gym for a year. You've gotten your your body to a place you want it to be. You're feeling great. And now we're just maintaining. It is so easy when you're in maintenance mode. So there's a lot of ways you can clear out your chakras. You can um, you can even use things like a pendulum and say, you know, put it over a chakra and tell the pendulum like, okay, we're going to heal it. And the pendulum may swing and swing as it's clearing out the energy. And then when the pendulum stops moving, you feel that energy shift in that in that chakra. You can use crystals. You can lay down and place crystals on your chakras, right? Uh, Again, you have to have the intention behind it. You can't just take a pendulum or take some crystals or take some oils and just throw them on you and just hope for the best, right? You have to believe that they work and you have to put the intention into it, right? As I place this stone on my heart chakra, I choose to heal my heart chakra, clear out any stagnant energy, et cetera, et cetera. So chakra work. Again, there's no right or wrong way. And even things like, um, like I was saying before, exercise, physically moving your body will clear an, a lot of energy out of your chakras and out of your body just naturally as it is. So that's a really, I mean, that's such a good, a good hack because, you know, it, you know, helps your physical, helps your mental, emotional, and then it helps your energetic. So that's your chakras. Again, healing your aura. There's a million modalities. There's a million ways you can do it. Again, I've kind of just worked with my higher self, my spirit guides, some ascended beings, and worked through how I choose to heal my aura. But my method has always been, show me how, right? There's no right or wrong way. There's no, oh, I have to do it in this very structured way, or it's wrong, right? Make the intention, I'm choosing to heal my aura. Show me what needs to be done. And just follow it. Okay, surrounding yourself with positive energies versus neg- uh, versus negative energies, right? That one's a very simple, self-explanatory one, right? If you're always around negative energy, uh, you're going to have negative energy cling to you. If you're around positive energy, you know, you're going to feel better. So here are some other tools that you can use in your day-to-day for preventative, for reactive, whatever the case may be can use an energetic scale. So if you've done a lot of the shadow work, you've done a lot of healing, and your vibration is doing really good, right? Like you've cleared out a lot, you know, you're very intentional with where you spend your time and energy. And so your vibration is probably higher than your average person. And then you find you go out into the world and you're bogged down by everything else. It can be really difficult to stay up here when everything around you is down here, right? So if you're finding yourself in situations and scenarios and interactions with low vibrational people or places and you can't really avoid it, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your family, whatever the case may be, maybe you have to go out to the the grocery store to get your groceries, right? Before you go into those scenarios, 
visualize your vibration on a scale. So literally close your eyes. Visualize a scale. Almost um, for me, I kind of like think of like a thermometer. I think of more uh, a vertical scale. And I say, show me where my vibration is. And again, you'll see where it is. And then lock it. Say, I choose to lock my energy right there. Meaning it cannot dip. Meaning no matter what is around me, no matter what, you know, wherever I go, I'm locking it here so that it cannot dip. Because low people are not so likely to meet you here. We as higher are more likely to come and meet them down here. So you really want to make sure you try and stay up here. So visualize your vibration on an energetic scale and lock it there, right? I'm telling you, if you believe it, it will work. I guarantee you. Um, white light bubble. Uh, this is a common one. And you can use any color, really. But a lot of people will you know, visualize themselves surrounded by this big bright white bubble. And this can be a preventative thing. Uh, a way that can be more uh, reactive to kind of clear and cleanse out can be just visualizing the crown of your head opening right on top of your head and visualizing that bright white light from source coming in right in through your crown and then come through each chakra one by one, spreading through your whole body and going right down into Mother Gaia, cleansing everything out. You can use the violet flame. So again, it's similar to using white light energy, but it's it's a violet flame uh, energy. Uh, you can use breath work, right? Breathing in, right? I breathe in. On the inhale, I'm bringing in beautiful, healing, high vibrational energy from source. And on the exhale, I'm pushing out all of the toxicity from my body, right? Or whatever. There's a million uh, breathwork techniques. Obviously, I don't know them because that's just one that I made up and is not really a breathwork technique. It's just something that you can use with deep breath work, right? I do this with my kids. When my kids are going off the wall or even, you know, have a tummy ache or a headache or are feeling sad, I do this with them. I have them take some deep breaths, pull the energy in through their crown, on the exhale, spread it through their body, release everything that is feeling gross, and almost every time they feel better, unless they're just being too stubborn to try. But usually they usually they give it a whirl. Other tools that you can use, you can use your spirit guides, you can use your spirit animals, you can use angels to to help you with these things, right? You're not on your own, right? They want to be tasked with stuff. Give them something to do. They want it. I'm telling you. So here's an example. So I clean houses for a living in addition to what I do with Fringe Spirit. And there was a house that I would go to regularly every, you know, every two weeks. And every time I'd go to this house, so I mean, there was lots of low vibrational energy in the house. There were entities there. I could see them. I could feel them. However, it is not my place to clear stuff out without permission. That is a rule and a moral uh, for myself. And I think it's very important. That's a side tangent. But I'm, I'm not going to do anything to somebody's house or space without permission. So every time I'd go to this house... I would end up leaving. By the time I would leave in just a couple of hours, I would have a migraine. I would be so irritable. I just, I would be a mess. I would be nauseous. I, my head would hurt and I just would be angry and I would feel like crap. And I would be super low. My mood was severely affected. 
And, you know, this was this was years ago and I I didn't have tools. I didn't really know what to do. So I remember I pulled into the driveway one day and I said, spirit guides, <laughs> whichever one of you I can task with, I want you to keep these energies from affecting me while I'm in this house. Whatever you got to do, I do not want these energies to touch me. From that day on, I never had to do anything. Nothing ever touched me. Nothing ever affected me. I'd see it over there, but it never affected me. So use the things around you. Use the resources available, right? They are there to help you, but they're not necessarily going to help you without asking. So ask for help when you need the help. Again, things like crystals, um, salt, you know, if you're, you know, into things like that, you know, your Palo Santo, your sage, you can use sigils, you can use frequencies, right? I swear by binaural beats. I sleep with them. I meditate with them. I listen to them in the morning to kind of get my vibration up because I am not a morning person. <laughs> frequencies are so important because if you play a frequency, you're you're likely to kind of match that frequency. So whatever the intention is, because every frequency has a different um, effect. And so whatever your intention is, you find the frequency that matches. So I, I love binaural beats personally. I sleep like I sleep a million times better with them, everything. Uh, use the elements. That's another one. So like I was saying with using the water, right? Water is very cleansing. So I use water to cleanse. And just think about what water does, right? So if you had, say, like a pitcher that was dry and just had some dirt on it uh, at the bottom, but it was like has been there for years and it was stuck to the bottom and like you dump it upside down, but none of the dirt comes out because it's just stuck to the bottom because it's been there for so long. It's caked on there, right? If you put water in there and shake it up, you're probably going to dislodge some of that dirt. So if that dirt was low vibrational energy that was very stubbornly stuck in a chakra or a part of your body or your aura, what imagine what water would do, right? If you think even just like our physics here on Earth and translate that into the metaphysical and just use that. Granted, you can go beyond the physics we have on Earth, but it can it's it's an easy way to do energy work. Just think of, you know, what would you do to clear out stuck energy, right? You'd maybe add some water to it and shake it up. Or, you know, maybe you like fire and you want to take your crappy energy out of you and throw it in the fire and let it burn off and transmute. Or maybe you want to use air, right? Maybe instead of water to, to get stuff moving, you want to use air. And so you visualize this air coming in through your body or around your aura, and it's whipping, right? Maybe kind of like a tornado. And it's dislodging all of the trapped energy that you don't want. And it's taking it and it's taking it, flying it away, right? You know, and then earth, right? As in the other element, grounding. We already talked about the way that we can use that. So get creative and use things like the elements. They're very, very easy and they're very, very potent because, again, it's like that tie between etheric and metaphysical work that's kind of more higher dimensional and bringing it into this physical reality because at the end of the day, we can heal and work through our etheric body and our energy body, but if we're not, if we're disconnected from our physical, you're not going to feel the effects in your physical body as much. And of course, we want to feel better, right? 
other tips and tricks. Um, meditate and ask or meditate and ask for some downloads. Everything that I have learned, I have not read a bunch of books. I have not taken classes and courses. Uh, I don't really listen to external people talking about this kind of stuff. I've done a lot of meditation and I've received a lot of downloads. But I received those downloads because I asked for them, right? So if you get yourself in a nice meditative space, ask for downloads on the things you want to know and learn how to do. I would like a download on how to clear my energy, right? And how to transmute energy, things like that. So whatever you're looking for, whatever you want to learn or to expand your knowledge on, just ask for it. It's that simple. And, you know, again, you can work with these deities or ascended masters or interdimensional soul family members, other versions of yourself, which is one of my favorites, and just get creative. But at the end of the day, know and recognize that this is all part of being human. Just because it's not been ingrained into society up to now does not mean that it's not just as important as our mental health and our physical health, right? Every, you know, how much are we ingrained into working on our physical health? And, you know, at least nowadays, more so with our mental health than maybe a few decades ago. But we need to also be working on our energetic health because it's also going to help the physical and it's going to help the mental and emotional. So it's all intertwined and it's all related. And you can work on your physical health all day long. But if you're not addressing some of the energetics, you're never going to feel completely well, right? Maybe you, you take all the supplements, you go to the doctors and get checked out, you know, you exercise, you eat well, you get good sleep, but you still have aches and pains. You still have GI issues. You still have headaches or whatever the case may be. You have these issues that you can't seem to figure out why. There's probably an energetic component. Same thing with your emotions, right? Maybe if you haven't done the, you know, the deep ener- the deep healing work and cleared out the energy that is feeding these emotions, right? You know, the emotions maybe of like lack of confidence, right? If you haven't, you know, dove into where that comes from and cleared out that energy and healed that, it's going to be very difficult to kind of talk confidence into yourself, right? So I love energetic hygiene. I think it's very important. Like I said, if you could see how much stuff transfers from one person to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, you would understand that there's nothing more sacred than your energy and who you allow into it, who you allow to connect with it is so important. You have to make sure that there is trust there and that they are doing their energetic hygiene and that you're doing your energetic hygiene as well. All right. I hope that this helps. I hope that you guys feel confident to go tackle your energetic hygiene. And as always, let me know if you need anything. You can come and find me at fringespirit.com. You can find a link to our wonderful group and, and you can connect with us there and you can find a community. So thank you and have a good day. Bye.